starting a new series today in, for the month of, of March. And um, I've, been, I've been toying with this for a while because I've taught on this before, but um, so many, as, as I've talked about before, so many of the message of, messages that I've, series that I've been doing in the last couple of years, they're similar titles to things we've preached in the past, but I've not taught anything the way I have before, and it's the same way with this message. The title of my message today is just simply Covenant. Covenant. And most people, when they see that name, and when they, when they see that word, <laughs> they think, okay, what the heck is that? Because people really don't understand covenant. I mean, I, I, mean I, I'm, I am a firm believer of that in my conversations with so many different Christians. So many Christians don't understand what covenant is. As we are singing songs today, so many of the songs that we sang were covenant songs. Because everything that we have in Christ Jesus is because of the covenant that we have with Him. I'm going to give you in the next few weeks several de definitions of the word covenant, but I have, I have something today that I just want you to look at real short. <clears throat> but a covenant is a bond or a binding pledge. Covenant is being one with another through trust. Many people are in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't even know it. I mean, you can say, well, that, that's just kind of a play on words or whatever. Well, you could say that, but it's not because the Bible uses the word covenant many, 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 many times. There's many different types of covenant in the Bible. We're going to touch on several of those, not all of them because we don't have enough time in the, the four messages that I'm, that I'm going to minister this month, or five, maybe it's five. Um, but, but to understand a binding pledge, when you make a pledge to something or someone, you enter into a covenant. In our country, we call them contracts, but the problem with contracts is they can be broken, right? Um, professional athletes are, are known all the time for signing a contract for 10 years and breaking that contract in three years because, well, it's not to my best interest. Well, that's not a covenant because a covenant is forever. When you enter, enter into a covenant relationship with someone, that covenant relationship is forever, and we're going to read Scripture concerning that. It's not until you get where you don't like it, it's forever. And many, many marriage relationships have ended in divorce. I, I grew up in a family where my parents, by the time I was nine years old, they were separated. By the time I was 11 years old, they were divorced. So I came into that at a young age, understanding or, or seeing it, not understanding it, but seeing it. And many that are, I believe, that are sitting out here today, you've been divorced, remarried, whatever, and those type of things. We're not talking about um, 
what's happened in the past. We're talking about where you're at right this minute. Right this minute. Amen? In God, old things are passed away and everything's brand new. I'm going to say it again. In God, old things are passed away, everything's brand new. That's covenant. (laughs) That's a covenant declaration. And I bind myself to that every day. Old things are passed away. Everything is brand new today. And what I want to do is I want to share with you some things concerning covenant over the next few weeks to help you to embrace the binding relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding that covenant. Because when you bind yourself to that, then every other relationship that you have is profitable. Every other relationship that you have, you have that relationship through your your connection with the Lord Jesus. And we need, I'm just speaking to myself, I'm saying it to you, I don't care what you think you know about covenant, we need a stronger, deeper revelation of our covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, Being one with another, with someone else, with some, someone else, something else, through trust. So for there to be trust, it has to be someone else. So when you become one, with a, when a man becomes one with a woman and they become husband and wife, that real covenant relationship doesn't really get established until there's trust. I'm going to say it again. The marriage relationship is really not established until there's trust. So you can be married for 40 years and not really be operating in a covenant relationship with the other person because there's not trust. Because when there's trust, then there's no breakup. Come hell or high water, difficult times, I don't care what it is, when there's trust, there's not a division. When both parties trust each other, you work through it. You know why? When there's trust, there's trust because there's communication. Communication develops. Anybody that thinks that a strong marriage is based on a sexual relationship is totally deceived. Because the sex runs out. It gets boring. But when you have a developing relationship and you trust each other and you're connected to each other and there's communication and there's friendship and you become, you become soulish lovers, then your sexual relationship will always be good. Because the sexual part of it is like the icing on the top. For two people to be connected and to trust each other is the greatest relationship that there is on planet earth. And we see it all through scripture. So I said a few things that I'm going to back up with scripture. Because I'd never, you know me, I'd never say anything and let it be my opinion. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16 and 17. 
And um, I'm going to read it out of the translation that I used to read all the time. I used to preach out of the New American Standard Version. How many remember the New American Standard Version that I used to preach out of? And people would go, why are you preaching out of that? Because my wife gave it to me. Anyway, this is out of the New American Standard. For a covenant is, there must be of necessity, there, there, must, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant, for a covenant is valid only when men are dead. It is never in force while the one who made it lives. We're going to get into this verse in the next couple of weeks a little deeper. But the covenant I have with the Lord Jesus Christ is because He died, but now He lives. And so, for that covenant, see, when two, when two people become covenant partners, what is said, and we'll read this in Scripture, what is said is, everything I have is yours, everything you have is mine. Everything. So what that means is, now, there can be not an ounce of selfishness for there to be trust. So, Everybody knows when you're selfish, it's real easy to get rid of that. Like in a day or two, you can be done and you're, you're not selfish anymore. <laughs> Anybody raise their hand and said, yes, we'll cast lying devils out of you. Because that's a lie. One of the hardest things to get rid of. One of the most difficult things. So what we have to do is we have to live our life dying so we can live. He died and now is alive. Now, I have to live that exact same life, but not do what he did, now do what my, my part is. Be dead every day to my life and what I want and my past, be dead to that and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That covenant relationship is what establishes everything that I need in life. And listen, everything you need in life is in the promises of God. There's not a promise in the Bible that doesn't cover everything in your life. And all those manifest? Listen to me. This is a tough one. All those manifest? Those promises manifest? When God can be trusted... He's already proven his trust. All those things manifest when you can be trusted. I'm going to say it louder. I'm speaking too low. All those things manifest when you can be trusted. And the only way you can be trusted is to die to you and come alive in him. I hear him saying this to me every day. I told my wife this a while back. I find myself in the night waking up and telling God, Father, I I love you. I love you. I mean, sometimes five times, six times a night I'll wake up. Father, I love you. God, what you have done for me. 
man, I don't, I don't deserve any of it. What you've done, God, I just can't tell you how much that I love you. Just constant. It's just, I mean, I think about him all the time. It's that covenant connection. You know why? I am his bride. You are his bride. He loves me. He's, when I was sharing with you about the tithe earlier, he doesn't want you to rob from him because he loves you so much and wants access into your life. He's not reminding you that you're robbing from him trying to put you on a guilt trip. That's not, I wouldn't serve, would you serve a God that's running around trying to make you feel guilty all the time? No, he liberated us from that. But when I can be trusted, every promise is at my disposal. That's why, whew, the best days of my life are ahead. You remember that, that study, uh, the New England Journal of Medicine? You remember I read that, the, the, the statistics on that study? That the most profitable times in a person's life is between 60 and 70 years old. Second most profitable is between 50 and 60. And the third most profitable is between 70 and 80. And I don't think they know what they were saying about that. Because by the time I'm 80, the most profitable time in my life is 80 to 90. <laughs> because of my covenant right? And when I turn 90, the most profitable time in my life is 90 to 100. Listen to me. If you think you've lost time in the past, the devil is lying to you. I mean, running over your soul, roughshod. Your greatest days or when you can be trusted because you know of the covenant you have with Jesus Christ. Those are your best. They start right then. Because then, boom, the release of the promises. Dang. Who? Best days. Father, I love you. Just close your eyes and just tell him that. Just tell him. Oh, man, thank you, Lord. Just love you today. Just love you. Wow. Love you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Whew. Thank you that you, you don't hold anything against us. Whew. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Second mm. Samuel twenty three and five. These are some of David's last words. In his life. 
Anybody know of a couple of mistakes that David made? Not just a couple. But this is right at the end of his life. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. Everlasting. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. Mm. I don't have to try to be successful. I don't, have to, I don't have to labor at it. I have to do what he says, but I don't have to labor at it. He is my success. These next eight months of 2022, some of the best years of your life, some of the best months of your life this year. The rest of this year, some of the best months of your life as you connect to that covenant that you have with you, as you can be trusted, as you can be trusted in your relationship with God. Think about that. What, what I'm saying is, not trusted by everybody else, but that God can trust you. See, when you're honest with Him, when it's just you and Him and you're honest with Him, you'll be honest with others. You won't lie to other people. You won't hide things from other people. You won't, you won't think about how bad this is or that is or what are people going to... It really doesn't matter what other people think. Anybody ever been intimidated around, like when you get in groups of people? Don't show your hands. Or just, just, I'm asking you this question. You ever, you're, you're intimidated when you're around groups of people. Certain groups of people, there's an intimidation that is there. When you're intimidated, you say some really stupid things. When you're intimidated, you'll make excuse for things. You'll make excuse for yourself. You'll say things that you... I know, because I've been intimidated at times. But what I like to think today, because of my relationship with God is, I'm intimidated by nobody. I don't care who they are. I mean... I'm not going to be prideful in saying that I'm not intimidated by anybody, but I can't think of anybody that I am intimidated by. And the people and the connections that I have with people, and God's just opened doors of opportunity with influential people in my life. It's been that way for a long time. And when, he, when it started with me, there was some areas of intimidation where I, I didn't feel like that I measured up with certain kinds of people. And, I, and God said, if you're going to do anything for me, you have to get over every one of these. You have to get past this. But the only way you can get past it is to know that you're connected to him. If he's pleased with you, if he trusts you, what does it care what anybody, what, who, who cares what anybody else thinks? You understand? You're not doing something to offend people or make people mad, but who cares what anybody else thinks about your life? When he trusts you. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so I want to read this passage out of Ephesians 5. We'll touch some more on this too in the next couple of weeks, but I want to read this passage. 
Um, I just want to read these. The last four, the four verses, starting with verse 28 of Ephesians 5. And it says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Just as the Lord does the church. Just as the Lord cherishes me. Just as the Lord cherishes you. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Megan, would you bring me a Kleenex right there, please? Sorry. Thank you. Appreciate it. Excuse me. Nobody likes hearing somebody go. It's a tad bit distracting. So I'd rather blow my nose. Than to appear like I'm somebody that's out of control. <laughs> Whew. Anyway, what was I saying? He said, this is a great mystery, but he said, I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, <clears throat> my wife and I are one in the flesh. Okay, we're married. We're one in the flesh. Have been for this year, 43 years. And he said, that's a good thing, that's a mystery, that, that's a mysterious thing, still. But he said, but I, I speak, so I'm talking about Becky and I, but he said, that's a, that's a mystery, that's a, an amazing thing, but I'm not really talking about you and her, I'm talking about you and me. Me being her, him being me, and then when I work that out, then I can work this out. Did you hear me? You'll never work this out when you don't work this out. When that covenant connection isn't real to you with him, you'll never work this out because you're always trying to get her to do what you want and she doing, trying to get you to do what she wants. It's a constant battle back and forth and that is a mystery. You know what I think the mystery is? Is how did God dream this deal up? Because I've never, ever, in my lifetime, ever been around anybody that's married that doesn't have issues. So God, what was that about? Well, most marriage relationships, the reason people end in divorce is because they're looking at it backwards. They're trying to be good enough and trying to make this thing work. And, you know, if I work hard enough and I 
may it let her feel like she can speak into my life and vice versa, and I do enough of that. No, <clears throat> you're trying to accomplish something you're, you don't have the ability to do. No, he said, I speak concerning Jesus and you. And Bert, when you get it right with me, then you've got it right with your wife. It just works that way. What's that called? Covenant. That's called covenant. And until then, we're married one in the flesh, but until I'm connected truly with him in the spirit, where it's an experiential connection and relationship. When I got born again, my human spirit became one with his spirit, with the Holy Spirit. So we're one, but we're one spiritually. She and I are not spiritually one, we're one in the flesh. I became one with him spiritually, but if you don't do anything with that, then it's not working for you. You have to do something with that or it won't work for you. Again, I'm saying, she and I are two separate spirits that have become one flesh. That's the marriage relationship. And <clears throat> this is just a side note, but when a man and a woman become one flesh, then unless there's complications or whatever, they have kids. A man and a man, or a woman and a woman, they don't have any kids. I mean, you can adopt. And adoption's great. But God created one man and one woman to create. But He created us to live in trust. And until you become experientially one with the Holy Spirit who's connected to Jesus and the Father until that is working and there's a trust developed, there's no trust here. That's why people end in divorce. Most people that I've ever worked with, most people, not everybody, but most people that I've ever worked with that had issues in their life and they divorced, they didn't really want to divorce but they divorced because, why? There was no trust. And when there's no trust, you can't accomplish much of anything in the marriage relationship. The individual person, can you can do your own thing, he can do, she and he, you can each do your own thing and accomplish all kinds of things, but you can't accomplish much together. That's why my encouragement always to people is you Connect yourself to the person that you know is right for you. And in that covenant connection, in that covenant connection, will come everything that you're looking for, all those promises being manifested and, and coming to pass in your life. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Like I said, <clears throat> the moment that you understand some of the things that I'm talking about today... From that moment on, those are the best days of your life because when God can trust you, I mean, what seemed like didn't happen for 50 years can all manifest in a year <laughs> when you can be trusted. Did you hear what I said? 
It can all manifest in a year. That's why the best days of your life are right now and before you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how good it has seemed in the past. But if you do what I'm talking about today and you develop this, your best days are here right now and before you. Well, you know, just got to that age. My best days are just behind me. Don't have to be. Don't have to be. Not God's plan. God's plan of your best days in every area of your life are here today and before you. That's what he says. <clears throat> so that mystery of Christ in the church is leaving the old way and receiving the new. That's what covenant is. Old things behind, everything new and fresh today. Realizing right now today, I am in a covenant and it can become an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in ways that I've never known before. <clears throat> and I'll just tell you this, when you become intimate with him, you can become intimate with your spouse or your future spouse in ways you had no clue of. You can have intimacy with a person when you have intimacy with him that is not perverted, it's not weird, it's not strange, it's not, you know, uh, you know, there's just all kinds of crazy things out there, but it's just because people don't understand this. You don't have to be weird and crazy. And if you learn weird and crazy things in the natural realm, God wants to kind of set you free to experience some of the really good stuff. Because there's really good stuff out there. He created us for really good in every area of our life. Can you say amen? Amen. Two amens, anyway. <clears throat> if you're taking notes, write this down. Trust is the key to covenant. Trust is the key to a covenant relationship. And you'll never have trust without truth. So, you know, you got to preach these kind of messages. These things have to be said. You're not going to learn this just from anybody. Not anybody's just going to teach you this. I'll say it again. You'll never have trust without truth. If you don't get information like this that you can take and go do something with in your life, there'll never be trust developed. You have to have truth to get trust. <clears throat> And the thing that I've realized is, and this is, this is, a, this is really a deep-seated thing, and, you know, certain statistics out there say that everybody does this, but what you have to get out of your life is lying. The Bible says that the devil is the father of all lies. I don't want him to be my father. So you have to speak the truth and tell the truth no matter what. And you have to learn to do that. When you are a liar like I was when I was younger, it was part of my survival. It helped me to survive, to lie, not tell the truth. 
to make myself out as something that I really wasn't. And it was part of when my parents divorced, you know, and, and I'm not blaming my parents, I'm just saying, I mean, I did for a while, but, but you know, s- some of the issues that I had were the result of the divorce and the separation when, you're, when the people that you think are God in your life at that point in your life, they separate and they divorce, it's, it's like something happens. And so lying and manipulating and those kind of things become a, become a source of survival. So when you enter into a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what has to be developed, is that trust in Him so that you can, you can be delivered in your life of any type of dishonesty or lying. You don't have to lie about anything. You don't have to lie about anything. Somebody asks you a question and you don't want to answer it, Instead of making excuse and telling some just kind of short little lie, if it's just a little bitty of a, a little bit of a lie, then it's a lie. If it's a lot of a lie, it's a lie. It's not a little or a lot, it's a lie. Somebody asks you a question and you don't want to answer the truth about, you don't want to tell them what the information, you just stare at them. Uh, did you hear me? Uh-huh. But, uh, but I, I didn't get an answer. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, it's better than lying. <laughs> How many are reading your proverb every day? I mean, it's all through the proverbs. You know, I mean, in essence, you lie, you die. You know, or you burn or you do something. It's no good. It's not, that, it's not God coming after us because, I mean, you know, if, if God was going to destroy somebody because they lied, I'd be gone. I'd have been gone before I ever came to Kerrville. There wouldn't have been no Kerrville because of the lying. But thank God that He delivers us. And thank God we can be trusted because the song we sang today, Even when we're not faithful, He remains. That's the covenant we have. Everything He has, it's mine. His faithfulness is mine. Glory to God. I'll be faithful like my God is faithful. Can you say amen? Woo! Amen? That's covenant. Those are covenant songs we sang today. Covenant statements. When I'm not faithful, He remains. I can always win. I can always overcome everything that I face because of my covenant connection with Him. And you'll never be honest without truth. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll never become an honest person in your life, speaking truth and no lies without the truth. Amen? Think about this with God. The devil is the father of all lies, right? The Bible says God cannot lie. Didn't say he could, but he chooses not to. He cannot lie. (laughs) Everything he has is mine. So, One of the things I say over myself every day, I cannot lie. I cannot lie. Well, you're just, you're just, 
saying that you're just like God. No, I'm saying what he is, what he has, everything he has is mine. Because I'm in covenant relationship. So I can get closer to that every single day in every situation, even if I have to stand in front of somebody and just do. Sorry, I can't answer you. Why? Because if I answered you, I'd lie. And I can't lie. He empowers me to never lie. Because of my, connected, my, my connection with him. And when he sees that about me, he trusts me. And what happens? Promise manifested. Promise manifested. Promise manifested. Promise manifested. Promise after promise after promise after promise. And you know what? It doesn't even have to look good the way you're doing it. But the promises of God will come on you and overtake you when you can be trusted. Man. Someone shout Amen. So I want to I want to end today with these thoughts. Actually, I'm not going to end with those thoughts today. I'm going to start those next week. So I want to end with this this passage of Scripture, found in Matthew 19, verse 4. I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. Haven't you read the Scriptures, Jesus replied? They record... That from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. In the literal there, it says this. What God joins together cannot be split. The covenant relationship with a man and a wife, with any other relationship that you have with people that are covenant relationships. Covenant is the foundation that establishes everything else, everything else that is built on that. It's the foundation covenant is a foundation, then everything else is built. You put the structure in everything else. How? By the truth. But what's difficult with that passage right there is, you remember, you know, on this side of the cross, God never ministers through condemnation. He never ministers through feeling condemned, where there's condemnation about something specific. And if that's the case, if there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, after the things of the Spirit. He said here that when God joins two people together, 
they can't be divided. And what I want you to do is, and we'll look at it some more next week, is I want you to meditate on the fact that what he's talking about is when two people come together spiritually and they develop in the things of God individually, each person in a marriage relationship, and they develop personally with God spiritually, and they get connected and can be trusted by God, then what God has joined together, it's impossible for it to be removed. There's no division, there's no dividing, there's no separating when it's that way. The reason it happens is because people don't understand. They don't have that understanding in Revelation. I'm telling you today that my prayer for you today, from today on, is that you understand covenant like you've never understood it before. My heart's desire for you is that you're going to take what we're talking about in this series and you're going to do something with it personally to understand that covenant relationship with God. I want you to understand this. Remember, God's not looking at the past and, well, I should have done that. No, no, no. Get rid of the should have, should have, would have, could have, all that mess. Focus on right now. And wherever you're at right now, if there's difficulties or there's issues, let's say you're married and there's difficulties and there's issues in the marriage, the success of your marriage comes from you being able to be trusted by God. The success of your marriage is not trying to go to 15 different marriage counselors and do all this and talk to 15 different people and get 900 different ideas about what you need to do and find a woman, find a woman that's going to side with her and a man, find a man that's going to side with him. None of that's going to work. It just doesn't work. I mean, I mean, it just doesn't work. I mean, you know, every once in a while, I'm sure it does, but it just doesn't work. The, the, what binds you together, what connects you, what helps you to work through the issues that you're facing today is your covenant relationship with God Almighty, with Jesus Christ himself, and you being able to be trusted by him. Then, then, he'll tell you what to do in that relationship. And when he tells you what to do in that relationship, it fixes things. And you know what you're not waiting on? You're not waiting for the other one to do what's right. You're doing what's right. And when you do what's right, you know, I can be talking to one and the other right now. But when you do what's right, because of your connection with God and your trustworthiness with God Almighty, it fixes everything. I know. Because it's fixed everything in my life. And it continues to fix everything in my life. And the best days of my life are right now. Best days of your life can be right now if you choose what I'm talking about tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen.